Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. And we have another show. Nothing can stop me. So don't think you can. But I had a I had a wonderful time this week to meet this my next guest. Uh, it was just a pleasure to meet him, you know, go out and spend some time and welcome me in and glad for him to be on the show. You there, Mark? I'm here, James. I appreciate you taking time to be on the show and talk with me, Mark. It's my pleasure. I'm a first-time caller. I, I like that, but it ain't going to be your first time. You'll do it more times, right? Sounds good to me. <laughs> well, let's get started. I know you want to ask me a question now, or you want me to get started with you? What, which one do you want to do, Mark? Well, I'll tell you what. I've been reading about uh, Jake the Snake Plumber. He's advocating cannabis that has... the THC removed for killing pain, other issues that professional sports players suffer after after games, and he's advocating this product. I can't think of what it's called, but it's bit the it's a in a pill form. THC has been removed, yet when they blood test these guys, it still shows up in their blood, and they get grief. From the NFL, so I I have uh, myself got a lot of body pain, and I've been thinking of trying this stuff. Of course, I won't get blood tested by anybody. What's your opinion on this? Let me tell you a story about that, Mark. It's just funny you ask that. Um, former players, we have a meeting in every state. You know, players meet and we talk about different things. We do fundraising, get together, guys you know, to help us, like, money-wise, it's pretty neat. I just moved out here to Denver, so this is my first time going to a meeting about two months ago. And I'm sitting in this room with former players. I don't know anybody from here, you know. I'm from Chicago, and I knew everybody there, you know, I was with. Right. I'm sitting next to this guy, and he's just talking. And real skinny, has a beard all over his face, and, you know, he's, like, <laughs> asking me, he's like, where you played? I said, Philadelphia, two years. He said, oh, okay, I played only, I think he said 10 years in Atlanta. So I'm like, God, who is this guy? You know, he was talking, and he was like everywhere, you know. And then, you know, uh, we got up, we had to introduce our names. And, we, and he's like, yeah, my name's Jake Plummer. <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> but make a long story short, he got up and spoke, you know, because they have, you know, different things. Guys, like, if I was had a football cap, I'd get up and tell the guy I want them to come and but he got up and he was talking about that, you know. He's like, hey, I'm giving it to you guys free. I'll get as much as you want. You can tell I cure this and that. You're supposed to have marijuana, but he said, don't supposed to have it in it. But anyway, I got a bottle of that stuff. And if you want it, you can have it to try. If you want more, I get it for you free. But he did present that, and he said, it's got the cannabis in it, but it don't post a test for it. But I've been hearing everybody saying that you test them positive, you know. That's what I heard. But he said it worked. He said um, his nephew or something had some kind of, I want to say, I something to hit, and he used it, and, you know, and such and such. But 
I think I still have my bottle that I haven't even used, but I will get that to you. And if you like it, I can get more for you, Mark. That would be no problem. That's very kind. I appreciate that. I'll take you up on your offer. Yes, I will check in that today. If I still have a bottle, if not, I will email Jake the Snake and get some because he said we could get as much as we want to try, you know. Um, so that's no problem. Very cool because I didn't know where to get it. He didn't say anything about where you get the stuff, but it sounds like it might help me out tremendously. So what he's doing, um, he was he was at the meeting, he was telling players, you know, uh, he wants us to try it, you know what I'm saying, and see how it is. I don't know if he got it out yet on the market or whatever, but, you know, I know he was saying, hey, he wants us to be the guinea pig, you know, hey, try it and see how it works, you know. He said, hey, we get like six months supply, you know. Um, so I do have his car, and uh, I would email him and go pick some up. And I'll try to find that bottle, bottle if I still have it. And I crack it. I was, I, I was like, I can't take that if I test my job, you know. That's right. So, but but I'm retired. Not, I'm retired, you know. So I don't have anybody bugging me about my blood. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I would do that for you, Mark. That's no problem. I would take care of that. All right. Well, thank you, James. I think you've you've covered covered it for me. I appreciate you listening to me. Don't get off the line. You ain't done yet, are you? Well, I don't know. I don't know what else to talk about. I'm, you well, know, I, 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 I root for the Broncos, James. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I got it. I, I'm talking. We can talk Broncos. What do you think of the first week? Of the Broncos squeaking out that win, right? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I think the Mile High Magic was there. I think that um, we beat up Cam Newton pretty good, and there's an awful lot of talk about whether that was okay to do or not, whether to hit him as a running back or a quarterback. Apparently the refs are a little bit uh, questionable about all this stuff. It's interesting. But I know we came out with a win. Well, I know Dave right there, you know. I just got to hear his mouth. But, you know, those are kind of <laughs> wins. You know what, Mark? When you look back at the season and you get first round, you know, bye and all like that, you say, hey, those wins we want to get us. You know what I'm saying? And then yes, I do. It's a W, isn't like, it? And some teams like um, Panthers won't get in the playoff because, of, you know, those – that loss like that that they should have won, right? That's a very that's a very uh, interesting way of looking at it. That might keep them out of the playoffs. You never know with the NFL. It's a funny beast. Yeah, it is. Hey, what do you think about, uh, like I said, all these guys and uh, Brandon Marshall, his sponsor took it because he, he kneeled for the national anthem. What you, what, what's your um, thing about that, Mark? All right, well, I'm 69 years old, James. I grew up in an era of of uh, social unrest, the Vietnam War. I saw all that stuff firsthand. I came to appreciate a man's right to protest. What I think about it is, if he can take the heat, then he can do the beat. If he's going to kneel down, he, he's lost two sponsors already. Uh, that's his business. I don't think it's anybody else's business. 
know, Minneapolis, my, a lot of people talk about disrespectful to the, the um, air people that serve the country, not doing the flag. They're not um, disputing the flag, are they? They dispute what the country needs to change, right? Am I on the right about that, Mark? No, you're right. You're right. I don't think there's any way you can dispute that. Some people will see it as disrespectful, but he is on one knee. That's my opinion. You think these, a lot of people can tell me and they're sending me emails about all these athletes with all this money is full and all this and that. Hey, that's what they get paid to do, right? That's correct. You know, we go out, we pay two hundred dollars for a ticket, end up buying food in the state, you walk out there and spend about four, five hundred dollars, but hey, that's the choice we make to do that, right? That's a, that's correct, yeah. I'm with you. You know, so I don't understand why these people are saying, you know, they spoil and make all this money. They they're supposed to act a certain way, you know, because they make all this money, Mark? Yeah, and that's a you know that's a that's a difficult thing for a guy like me because I never made that kind of money. Right. I played music for forty years, and I uh, there was a lot of times you know I couldn't buy my children the kind of uh, toys, and you know when the computers came along and all that I couldn't do it because I didn't make enough money. Now professional athletes have a very small window in which they can make their money, right? Right. So it may be one year in the pros, and that's the only place you make money, really, in professional football. Or it might be 10 years, like you. Or it might be like Peyton Manning, 18 years. But you don't know that when you go in. So, yeah, you're making a lot of money. But I've got to be happy for these guys who have worked all their life in college, high school, probably down to Pop Warner. They come in they're actually able to take home money to take care of their parents a lot of them they do a lot of good things uh socially you can't you can't diss that man that's that's um you know yeah they make money but like anybody if you don't save your money if you're not good with your money and you're only in there two or three years it's going to go way fast yeah but that's that's kind of hard mark for 20-year-olds getting millions in a save. You know what I'm saying? I know I couldn't I couldn't do it. You know, I'm thinking, hey, you know, this money's going to be forever, and it's not. But it's hard for a, 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 a kid, but a, a youngster to save money, right, Mark? Of course it is. Yeah, you you know, when you're 20 years old, you don't, you, you're 10 feet tall and bulletproof, man, especially if you're a professional athlete. So, yeah, you're right about that. There's, there's, there's no uh, experience. Uh, there's no substitute for experience as far as handling your money goes. And if they get bumped out in a year or two years, either they have to, they have to become a car salesman. They got to do something to support their families because if these kids spend it all. It's gone. Ain't coming back. Forget it. Let me ask you this, Mark. You was in music, and you know that line like. It's almost like football, you know. People love musicians, am I right? You're right. A lot of people argue with me. I, I was saying this, and if I'm not right, correct me, me, you can argue about it. I love that. <laughs> so okay. A lot of people say, 
You know, if I feel that Mars, you go in your house, you want parties, drink around, around butt naked, that's your business. Why is it for the, the media and the uh, fans to know your bits and care about because you're in your house doing, you know what I'm saying? You agree yeah, with that? I do. You know, it wasn't like that 20, 30 years ago. The media was not a big part of professional sports. It's always been a part of music. But when I, you know, when I look back, I think I was blessed to not have made it big time in the music business because just because of that thing that we were talking about, youngsters coming up with a million bucks and saying, duh, I'm going to spend it. I'm going to have a Ferrari. I'm going to snow cork till it comes out my butt and all that stuff. So I was, I was never in that position. And looking back, although I resented it when I was young, looking back, I think that was a blessing because I learned to live on a budget. I learned to have, I learned to take care of my children on a budget. But see, that for me lasted four years. Now, you get a group like the Jefferson Airplane, you know, they had probably 10 years, maybe. Then they came back as a Jefferson Starship, and they had another year or two. Well, all that, all that in-between time where they didn't have that star status, they didn't have the media in their face, and, and you know, musicians love that. We love nothing better than having a, music, having a, a media guy in our face with a microphone. So, it... it you know, in one way, it's similar. My experience, of course, is different because I never got popped with the big money. I never had that. I had local stardom, but I didn't have the national stuff. So in my case, I'm actually happy I didn't have that because I didn't have to deal with it. But I had an income for 40 years that I was able to get my kids into college, all that stuff. Let me ask you this. What made it different from you? to know how to budget your money until nowadays of the kids that's having all this money, Mark. So there's a difference. We know that, right? Yes. But I'm not sure what your question is. Well, you said you budget your money, you want big time spending. Okay. What made you do that? You know, you could have went out there spending like crazy, right? Well, I could have when I had it because I had two or three record deals when I was young. Right. I could have done that. The thing well, was, when you don't make it in the music business, it's it comes back to whether, do you love music enough to want to play it? Did you love football enough to play it when the money wasn't there? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay, well, I still love music enough so I could play it for a long, long time. And I guess that's, I guess that answered your question. I'm sorry, Mark. Say uh, again. Your okay. Would I love sports to play for not for not the money? Well, did you love football enough to take a notch down? Like, say if say if they wanted you to play in a Canadian league, and you were able, would you be able have been able to take that pay cut and play on that level because of your love of football, or did you say? No, I'm going to retire. No, my thing is, is if you love football, you'll play rarely the amount of the money, you know. I was drafted okay. in Canada. You know, I would have played over there, but I wanted to play. The, so if you say the NFL, I didn't care about the money. 
And I just wanted to play in the NFL, but that was the biggest thing. Canada was like going to a junior college. You know what I'm talking about? You go yes. To, when you're in college, you go to a Division One or you go to a JUCO. And I thought Canada was like a JUCO. Don't get me wrong, you got great athletes. But, you know, when they say NFL, I'm like, hey, whatever it takes to pay, I'll take a pay cut. As long as I'm paying for the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I so, do. And the same thing occurred with Tim Tebow. Look how long he beat at the doors in the NFL. He could have gone to Canadian Football League and played. We all know that. But he didn't. Was that ego? Was it money? What was it? Well, you know what? Let's take a break. And when we come back, I'm going to answer that question. Because I don't think it was um, money. I think it was ego. But let's take a break. This is James and my guest, Mark. And we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you're hooked up with loving that sports talk james loving and his guests want to hear it from you call us at 1-888-346-9144 that's 888-346-9144 or drop an email to loving that sports talk at yahoo.com now back to the show this is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, and I've got my guest, first-time caller, but he's going to be a regular now. Mark, you still there? I'm still here. Well, Mark, I want to get to your question uh, that you was asking about Tebow. Um, do I think it was money or ego? I think all that was ego because other teams had asked Tebow if he changed position, they would pick him up. He could have been a nice running back or, or tight end. He didn't want that. His ego was, hey, you know, I did good at Florida. And, uh, was it Florida he played at? Where he played? A quarterback. I won game for the Broncos. I'm going to play quarterback. That was me or anybody else. Right. Hey, you, you could put me as cheerleader. Long as I'm on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And, yeah, he did play for Florida. Tebow was, uh, was one of those guys, just like we were talking about, that – uh, you know, he's a very humble guy in many ways, but Tebow also has a big ego. So I don't, you know, it, 
by all appearances, Tebow did not want to go to, for instance, the the uh, the Canadian Football League and play. And I, I think I think you're right. He's a quarterback, and quarterbacks are extremely competitive. What's he want to do? He wants to play in the NFL, and he wants to be a quarterback. But he could have been a running back. He has the talent. He has, he's got the body. But no, I don't think that was good enough for him. So now he's playing well, baseball. Right. All that is media hype. That same thing. Remember Michael Jordan played baseball, and they, they put yep. him on just to sell tickets. You know what I'm saying? Yep, it was. Yeah. Safe he ain't never gonna make it to the big leagues, you know what I'm saying? Gonna stay at that minor thing and they're gonna sell tickets, you know? People gonna buy season tickets, thinking people gonna come up, you know, they're gonna bring them up. You know, it's about money, you know that, Mark? It's about money, yeah. And not, not particularly what his salary's gonna be, but, or even, well, he's not gonna make it to the big leagues. He doesn't have the arm. But, go ahead. I'm sorry, Mark. Let me me say this, because he could have been a runner back, because Tebow ain't worried about money. He said he could go and speak and make money. You know what I'm saying? He was a a college football analyst, whatever, you know, and he knew it wasn't about the money, because he's making money just sitting around being Tebow. You know what I'm saying? Well, he is. So, no doubt about, about it. He's got he's got a following, you know. Uh, I think in in the Christian neighborhood, he's got a great big following. So yeah, yeah and, and, he he can probably do endorsements and things like that, even at the minor league level. When I lived in Arizona, there was this church, and it was a big church, and um, Kurt Warner came. So you know, Kurt Warner, big Christian. Yeah, they pay him. Big money to go to church and just speak for 10 minutes. That's what he was doing, you know what I'm saying? 10 minutes he was there. And that place was packed just to see it was Kurt Warner. And like I say, that Christian following, you know? Right. Right. Yeah, that's that's probably the same thing with Tebow, I, I would imagine. Well, Mark. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Money's money. No money, no money. Money's money. money. Yeah. And, the, and that's right. Business. You're right. It comes down. <laughs> comes down to the big dollar, doesn't it? Yes, it does. All right, Mark, I'm going to get off people. I want to go somewhere else with this, you know. Um, is that okay with you? That's okay. Shoot. Uh, we got to go to um, with this thing with Tom Brady, New England. Mark, you know, okay. Tom's out, you know, for four weeks. He like to, hey, take my punishment, you know, finally. I'm tired of hearing about it. What do you think of New England? Every time they're in the news about something cheating, you know? Yeah. I got I got an opinion on New England. Uh, uh, a lot of it is a lot of it's coaching. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Brady is an un, you know, he, he's a he's a quarterback that he's a quarterback that can do it all, even at his age, which is pretty astounding. Four weeks, uh, it's gone. They may go two and two. Hard to say, uh, but they're going to be happy to get Brady back. You know, Brady. You know, Brady apparently did something that the NFL didn't like, and now he's going to pay. But he's going to be back, and New England's going to be back. Now I was just looking at the ESPN ratings yesterday, the power rankings, and they got 
They got Denver at number eight. I'm not sure where New England is now. Do you know? Um, you know Dave would know. <laughs> Dave, where's number one? Okay. ESPN has has New England Patriots at the number one position in the power rankings. Mm. However, if you go to the NFL, you'll see the power rankings there have uh, the Broncos at the number two spot. I don't know how to read all that, other than the fact that I don't think I don't think ESPN has much respect for the Broncos. Well, I never did. <laughs> I think they're looking at quarterback. You know what I'm saying? You got a guy that you know. So you got to look at two Mark. six, seven week into the season. Things are changing. People are gonna you know get a hold and that quarterback. Got to be at least have some experience, you know. He, he, he don't have that. And that's going to hurt the Broncos, you know. That's not going to hurt the, all the other teams to start these young guys, you know. Uh, one guy told me I played with Seth Jordan. He said it takes a quarterback five years to be an NFL quarterback. The fifth year, that's when they, uh, you know what I'm saying? But the other years, yep. they they nothing, you know. They just struggling and ain't going to do, you know what I'm saying? Only person yeah. that if you look at it, they have a career. Uh, his first year was Ben Roethlisberger. Remember that first year he had with Super Bowl won it when he came out? Yeah. Yes. So, but other than that, he's been struggling, you know? Yeah. it's uh, No, you're right about that. The, the experience is not there with Simeon. And uh, the only way you can create that experience is sticking him in there and letting him do it. So it's it's really hard to say two weeks from now, he might be out, and Paxton Lynch might be in there. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Then you got another rookie. Hey, Mark, I just change the subject, but I got a question for you, and you got Dave over there, you Bronco fan. Yes, sir. You know, I'm from I'm from Chicago, Mark. Okay, right. Um, I was telling somebody the other day uh, why they told me I don't like the Broncos, I don't like the Bears. One of the Broncos told me they were going to draft me, and I'm sitting around and waiting when I was coming out of college to be drafted. <laughs> so that was salty in my mouth. So tell day that's why I hate the Broncos. Two of the okay. Bears, I was a hometown fan, and they didn't want me there. So they should have got me in just being, you know, growing up there. So that's why I hate them. But my question to you, Mark, is y'all sent us – well, I'm not a Bears fan, but my little brother, they love Bears. Y'all sent that bum over there to us. And now everybody think he was great and all like that. You know what I'm talking about, Jake Cutler. What do you think of yes. Jake? Well, not Jake. Uh, quarterback from Denver that went to the Bears. Cutler. That, oh, he did say Jake Cutler. Jake Cutler. Well, when he was here, he's a crybaby. He did some stuff behind the back of the ownership. Uh, they got a bone up their butt about Cutler. And so they shipped him off to the Bears. What, what else can you say? You know, I think in the long run you can see that Denver was better off without him. And the Bears have suffered with him. Why are he still in the league, though, Mark? Goodness, you know? Why is he still in the league? Yeah. He's got that raw talent. Yeah, but you ain't winning. And you... 
Sooner or later, you know, people know, you know, he ain't motivated. He ain't, you know what I'm saying? Doesn't seem like he is. And I don't know why. I, you know, are they still hoping that he's going to be injury-free? Are they still hoping that Cutler's going to grow up and be the big man everybody thought he was going to be? Maybe that's the answer to that. Yeah, but I mean, he's going to leave too long. He's getting older and older. When are you going to grow up? You know, he's still wearing diapers and he's 20 something year old. You got to learn to go to school. You know what I'm saying? You got to learn to go. My granddaughter's three years old. She knows. You know what I'm saying, Mark? Yeah, someday you got to grow up no matter where you're working. Right. You got to take that diaper off. Come on. Can't be a baby all your life. So I think Cutler's doomed. <laughs> I think. It's this last year, if he don't prove something, same thing before Tony Romo got hurt. If Tony didn't do something this year, he was done. You don't think so? Yeah. I do. Did you ever play uh, against John Elway? I'm sure you did. No, I didn't. No. Oh, you didn't? No. I was in college. That's what I told you when um, they had um, Mobley as tight end. Remember Lily as a defensive uh, state? Remember that? Yep. Yeah, they, and they came down to Wyoming. We were down there. We did a, a um, charity event basketball game. We played against them. Mobley, Lily. Um, what was the other guy that was a sticker that, uh, in the backfield? Uh, defense in the back. Safety, what was his name? Yeah, okay. I got a little brain damage. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't think of his name. He was a hard hitter. Um, I think he was a corner. Oh, but anyway, we played... You know, I was in college at Wyoming, University of Wyoming, and I just love the Broncos because they had those receivers, the two guys. Um, they had um, Johnson, what was it, Jackson, and who else? Jackson. Well, that was and, the three uh, amigos you're talking about. Yeah, yep, yep. That's, that's who Jackson, they had. They was like... Nateel. Yep, and Johnson, yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Johnson, Nateel, Jackson. And they was... They were going to trade down for Tony Dorsett. They were going to get Tony in the running back. And they told my agent, I was going to draft him, you know, second. It was going to be like round, back then they had 12 rounds. So it was going to be around round seven or eight. Sit around the phone, we get him, you know. My agent like, then we're going to, and, but they didn't get that trade with Tony. And they're going to go through. Well, you got so, just. Yeah, I got, I got Halloween trick-or-treated. I got trick-or-treated. I ain't going to lie, Mark. I had a party, a cake, and balloons, and all that. Ooh, it didn't happen, Captain. <laughs> well, that's an embarrassing moment. Yeah, well, party was over there, you know. Party over. Broncos and messed it up. But, you know, it worked out, you know. I went to Philly, you know. And, um, everything worked out. Everything worked out. You know, they say everything worked out for the best, you know. I believe that. It's kind of an odd thing, but I, I do believe that. Yeah, it does, especially in sports like that. You know, Mark, things happen. You move on and, like, you know, go to a better team and things, you know, you're better off being somewhere else. Well, let me tell you a story. Back when I was, when I was first in music, I was partnered up with my brother Craig. He was a great guitar player, great singer. I was a good bass player and a good singer. We had harmonies like the Everly Brothers, you know, except rock and roll. So, anyway, back in 1978 in Los Angeles, he killed himself. Mm. That was, 
in my young life, I was uh, about 30. That was the worst thing that had ever happened to me because we, we were, fr- you know, we were like twins. We grew up together in a tough environment, played music, had a great time. Oh, went around the world playing, and then he kills himself. Well, that was not just a personal loss. That was a business loss. Right. I had to start over again. So I quit music for a year, and I taught school because I was a college graduate. I got married. I had a child, and we decided not to raise her in L.A., but to raise her in Colorado. So we came to Colorado. And for years and years, and I'm an alcoholic, Mm -hmm. and I became worse and worse and worse. Well, I eventually got into AA, turned things around. Still had pretty good success in music on a different level. But, you know, I was sitting around thinking one day, I was kind of feeling sorry for myself, and this is years later. Then I realized, you know, if he hadn't have done that deed, I probably wouldn't have the family that I had. So you talk about things working out for the best, and that's a hard one. But it did work out for the best, James. Well, let me tell you a story about me. I don't know how many people know. You know, I bust my butt to make it to the NFL. You know, because only 2% of people in the world make it to the NFL. You got great so to make it, you got to be good. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, you know, Mark, that's a great story. And I understand what you like to say. Things happen for the best. You know, that's the best thing that happened to you. Might not sound like that is, but that was the best thing. But we can go to break here, and then we uh, come back. Your internet flagship station for sports... America Sports. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on The Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is Jay Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. And we got a guest back, Mark, you there? I'm here. Yeah, before we, went, before we got cut off, I was telling you that story, like you say, it changed you. Like a story that happened to me, you know. Like I said, I bust my butt to get to the NFL, you know. And it was, it was, it was bad when I got hurt. It just seemed like everything, life was out of me, you know. And I sat in my room, in my house, every night drinking with the lights cut off with the gun to my mouth. Got to kill myself, I because I thought I was a failure, you know. I was feeling bad, and I just was trying to get away to pull the trigger. But then I got my butt up, and, you know, something told me that you made it. Get up and make something up and help other people that, you know, kids, you know. So, and that's yes. why, you know, I had, you know, been doing that and talking to kids and telling you know, um, you got to have something else besides football in case something happens. You might not play for two months, you know, or 20 years. You don't know, but have something, have a life that you feel that, you know, you know what I mean, Mark? Yeah, I do. Well, you're one of the guys that could overcome that and bounce back and find meaningful things for your life, and that's that's what will carry hard times, isn't it? It is. I mean, it's rough when you're sitting there by yourself and you're so depressed. You don't, you know... And you don't you don't know it's just in another state of mind, you know what I'm saying? I do. Now I couldn't overcome that with alcohol. I couldn't I couldn't do what you did. I I had to seek help and AA was my lifeline. It saved my life. And and, and a lot of people don't think that it's all oh, that calling helping you, you know what I'm saying? Saved your life, didn't it? Oh, I can't hear you. I said a lot of people say, oh, alcohol, this and that, but it saved your life, though, didn't it? It did. That's another one of those That's another one of those takes on it that we have been through that and, and had to surrender everything to a higher power, able to do it, saved their life, and a life goes on or goes in another direction. And I thought that was bad at the time. I was down. I was, you know, I was in the dirt. But AA picked me up. The guys in AA are very loving people. And, yeah, that's what happened. That's my experience. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think that's what you need to help with Johnny Menzel? Because he's doing the same thing. Y'all could drink he him is. and, you know, he's got to find him. What do you think? What I think is this. I've seen miracles in AA. Now, they don't always happen when you want them to. Mm-hmm. For other people, there's nothing that we can do as AA members to make another guy get sober, to make him realize that he's wasting his life. 
All we can do is offer our experience, strength, and hope. And hoping, hoping at the same time that somehow we get through to them. Johnny Menzel is a character that faith, I believe, has eluded him. And he's obviously a very talented player. But what can you do with a guy who doesn't have any uh, respect for himself? Yeah, but you don't have respect for himself, or you think he 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 got a problem? He's sick. You know what I'm saying? I think he's sick. I think he's probably an alcoholic and a drug addict, or some combination thereof. And he is the one that has to implement in his life a solution to the problem that he has. Like I said, I can't do it. You're not going to do it. Johnny Menzel has to lift himself up by the bootstraps. Find help. He probably has to go to a recovery house, uh, get him off the streets for maybe six months, stay in recovery, show that he can toe the line again, show that he has respect for himself and the NFL. And perhaps at that time, he'll, he'll be given a chance again. Well, you got to have respect. You gotta, have you ever heard that saying, charity starts at home? You got to have respect for yourself because that's what I looked at when I was in my spot. You know, people would call me. I wouldn't answer the phone, you know, and I was just feeling a little about myself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's sometimes just say no. Like Nancy Reagan said, just say no, right? Well, if you're an alcoholic, that ain't in your vocabulary, dude. Yeah, but like you say, they say some people drink to forget, but the problem's still there afterwards, right? Exactly. When When you sober up, all that crap is still there, and you're still dependent on your drug of choice. You're you're helpless. But I has like I said before, I've seen miracles in AA. I ride with a motorcycle club. It's an MC club, mm-hmm. sanctioned by uh, the, the uh, Sons of Silence. Now, don't get me wrong. We don't. We don't particularly associate them because they're what they call a one percent club. They don't have any respect for the law. They don't have any respect for anybody outside the the Suns. And I, you know, I'd say that I got a friend in the Suns. That was probably a little harsh. I probably shouldn't say that because I don't want them knocking on my door. But <laughs> at any rate, uh, <laughs> I'm serious. I might call you. Um, yeah, they're. They're a group that has very selfish motives. Now, we as a motorcycle club, all we do is charity. We had a member named Henry who is only 55 years old. He got brain cancer, and today he's dead after five months trying you know, to fight it. So he's dead. Well, what do we do? We sit around and mope about the fact we've lost a friend? No. We do the grieving process just like anybody normally would. And then we have a fundraiser. We make money for his family. That's how we handle it. I respect that, bro. I respect that. That's good. You know, I do that a lot. 
fundraiser and, and help people because, you know, you know how it is out there. You know, helping people make you feel good. That's another high. You know what I'm saying? That's my high. I don't know about yours. That's why, you know what I'm saying? That's it for me, too. Now, wasn't like that 25, 30 years ago. I was very selfish. I didn't even know, James. I didn't know that it felt good to help somebody else. Why? Because I was drinking alcohol. I was solving all my problems through alcohol. I was still working. I had friends. But, you know, eventually, it got me down. It would have killed me. Now it doesn't because I help people. That makes me feel good. Sure, it makes you feel good. Why doesn't everybody know that? Why don't they, Mark? Selfishness. You have to have bad stuff happen in your life, James, to know what the good stuff's all about. You got to hit Rob Bob. I hit it before. I don't know about you, but I hit it before, you know? Oh, I hit it. I hit it, and that's what made me change. And it was not a fast process changing. It's a slow process. It's one day at a time. And then we start to learn. i got to treat my friends good. i got to treat my family good. I have to make new friends. I have to do things for people, period. And that is the key to life. What's the key to life? It is the golden rule. But you know something, Mark? You get you, you do that, or you you treat people like they end up fucking over you. You know what I'm saying? You I didn't hear that. I say you make good friends, you help people, you help people, you know, messing over you. You know, then what do you yes. do, Mark? How do you take that? You know, I don't know about you in the music business, but when I was sports and had the money, everybody called me, me this and that. Then when I needed help, nobody was there. So you don't know who your friends are. They're using you, you know, when you got someone, you know? Well, exactly right. It's just like Johnny Menzel. He thinks he's got friends. Well, I can tell you here, I don't know his friends, but I can tell you what, he ain't got no friends. <laughs> They're enabling him to do all the things in his life that probably, and here's here's the catch, probably this is going to lead to a rock bottom for him just like you had one. Yeah. And hopefully he'll find some good friends, some new friends who don't allow him to do what screwed up his life. Yeah, but I mean, look at what I could have did. I could have blew my brains out, you know. And I've seen some players. Look at um Junior Seau. Look at um, um Dave Dillson for the Bears, you know? Yep. You know what I'm saying? Mark. Yeah, and that looks like the easy way out, apparently, at the time, because I, you know, with my brother, I didn't know how he suffered. He didn't tell me about that. And all of a sudden, boom, he's gone. One one gunshot wound to the head, blood on the floor. He ain't got no blood in his body anymore. He's dead. Well, same thing with Junior and all those guys. They can't see the way out when they're at the bottom. Yeah, but you, when you're in that state of mind, Mark, you know it. You don't see nothing. Am I right? You, you see only the blackness, apparently. See, yeah. when I when I was at my bottom, I didn't because my brother had done that, committed suicide. I didn't I didn't see that as a way out because I had two little girls, and the one thing I wasn't going to do is take myself away from them if I could help it. Right. 
Well, that made you change. You had something to change for. You know, I had my book. You got to be something that you want to want to live for. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And that becomes I mean, either in one day or 500 days, that becomes helping somebody else. It becomes doing for other people what you would like done to you or for you. Right. If you had advice to give somebody, what would you say to somebody that's been in your, my spot in your spot? I would tell them, go to AA or NA. Do the work. It takes work. Do it. You need to suffer. Really. You need to be so low that nothing else looks good. You need to suffer through that. Gain some humility. And the only way you do that, in my opinion now, I know there's a lot of different ways to um, to handle a drug and alcohol problem, but my only solution is AA. See what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so, that helped you, right? Well, it gave me my life back. How long did it take you to realize that? Well, I think I was in AA for about six months until I started uh, doing the step work, looking at myself, looking at what I'd done to other people, how I affected people badly. And then it started to take hold in my mind that I hadn't been a very good guy. Mm-hmm. And I think that the faith that I, and it's not religious, you know, it's my own personal God, but I, I got to believe there's a higher power in there that will help us when all friends fail when everything fails and it looks the darkest eventually you have to turn to a higher power and that's that's the only thing that can help you in that situation yes so my my thought is you need to go to AA or NA you need to stop what do you you go to when you're depressed Mark where they should go I don't get real depressed anymore, James. I, no. you know, I have, like I told you, I, I do work for this, you know, for the, for my brothers. And I think somehow that, that lifts me up beyond that depression that I used to feel when I was a, uh, even when I was a kid and when I was, certainly was an adult and drinking myself to an early grave. I didn't have that. I didn't have that concept. I told you, I didn't know that it felt good to help other people. So the helping other people seems to be the key. I think that you, any, anybody who's in recovery will tell you, you got to share that experience, strength, and hope. You got to share the bad times with somebody else. You got to show them that there's a way to get out through the darkness back into the light. I don't want to sound like a religious nut because I'm not, but oh, no. that, yeah, that that stuff, that light, that God thing, whatever you want to call it, that's that's the thing that will keep you above water in those dark times, and it does it does that for me now. So that's my answer to that. Well, that's a good thing. A lot of people need to realize and respect that. You know, a lot of people. Everybody don't. does. Yeah, yeah. everybody in their life needs to do that. Cause you're not going to be very happy if you're a very selfish, self-centered person. You can't be. That stuff only lasts a little while. When you buy a new car, right? 
you take that thing home, you look at that car, and you're proud of that car. A year down the line, you look at that thing, you probably go, yeah, that's a nice thing to have, but it doesn't substitute for this thing inside me that's dark and wants wants me to to do bad things. The new car is nice, and it'll last a little while, but it's not going to save your ass. Well, Mark, I got the music my end of the show, but I really uh, want to thank you. And like I said, it was great, you know, uh, friendship that started and never going to end. Like I said, it ain't your first time calling me. You'll call in again and again and again. I will. I feel comfortable with it now. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, I told you. I'm not off to beat nobody up on the show. We all talk. I like to learn. And when I learn from the show, I love that. Yeah, you're a curious. You're a curious guy, and that's that's another thing that'll keep us young. Curiosity. Yeah. I watch that cartoon, Curious George. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark, thanks again, and tell Dave I appreciate it. You know, and uh, see you next week. All right, Curious James. Thanks, man. <laughs> you're welcome. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. 